Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Father, we ask you in the name of Jesus to, but by your spirit you would release the very spirit that is in and on your word that we may receive it today in Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. In 1 Corinthians 13, the Spirit of God speaks through the Apostle and he talks about the superiority of love over gifts. If I have all kinds of gifts and all kinds of abilities, but I don't have love, I am nothing. In fact, I'm an annoyance. We talked about the last two or three weeks that we, that we were on this series. Love suffers long, love hurts. If you've never hurt, you've never loved. I said, if you've never hurt, you've never loved. I mean, if you don't love somebody, it doesn't hurt you very much if they do something against you. But sometimes <clears throat> the depth of the hurt has to do with the depth of the love. Think about that. And God's kind of love, agape, suffers long and is kind. I could use another level of kindness. Could you? Three of us can. Thank you, God. Confess your sins that you may be healed. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, and does not seek its own and demand its own way. It's not provoked. It's not always irritated and angry. It thinks no evil. It doesn't plan ways to get back at the offender. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. What does that mean, endures all things? Does it mean that you have to continually stay in a place or a relationship of abuse or adultery or abandonment. It doesn't mean that. It means that love endures that. Love endures that. Even if there comes a time when biblically you can go your own way, love does not have to leave. In fact, love does not leave. How about that? Father, give us revelation of this. Love never fails. People fail. <coughs> Excuse my voice today. Governments fail. Everything fails, but love never fails. Talks about how even prophecies and gifts will eventually cease because one day we will not just know in part, we will know perfectly. And that's that day when we see Jesus and we are complete in him and there is no darkness or confusion. Hallelujah. Do you know that people that you love who've died in the Lord, they know everything clearly now? You say, well, I just have so much guilt about how I treated 
<coughs> this person or that person. Well, you need to just go before the Lord and receive your forgiveness because hadn't, they hadn't spent a minute in heaven without forgiving you. In fact, there are some who, uh, there are some who would, <laughs> would say that, thank you, that's, that's my man right there, I'll tell you, he helps us in a lot of ways. There are those who would tell you that, um, you know, boy, when you see somebody that you've heard in heaven, man, you are going to feel shame. No, you're not. Sins are going to be washed away. You take care of that right here. Why would you think that the Lord is going to bring up to you all of your sins and go right down the list when you get to heaven when the blood of Jesus cleansed you from every sin? Amen. Thank you, God, for the promise of being fully in your presence. But that kind of love arises from your spirit. Remember that when you were born again, the love of God was placed in your inner man, Brother Joe, by the Spirit of God. If the Holy Spirit of God came to live in you, and you're not saved unless he did, whether you know it or not, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus and receive the gift of eternal life by grace through faith, the Spirit of God himself came to live on the inside of your spirit. When you receive that love and when you begin to walk in it, that love begins to take authority. It takes ground in what we call our soul. From your spirit to your soul, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. The love of God begins to get more hold on your mind, your will, and emotions. You think differently about people. You feel differently about people. You act differently toward people. You know why? Because the love of God changes the lens of how you see life. You see everything differently. You see your need for, for prayer when you see and hear all the mess in this world <clears throat> and you think you know who the culprit of it is. Remember, love tells you that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities and powers and world forces of this darkness. And you can by faith receive the love of God. And you'll have to receive it by faith. If you wait till you feel it, you'll never get there. But everything God gives you is received by faith, not by feeling. Feelings come as you walk in faith over time. This love is not self-absorbed. It has a lens that sees things differently. It, is, it affirms somebody's value. Remember last time we talked about this, we said at the end, the love that affirms your value doesn't approve of all your decisions. In our world today, there's a lot of deception, and that deception sounds like this. Because, because the Lord loves me, he loves every choice I make. And whatever choice I make is right because he loves me. 
understand that God's kind of love has boundaries. And those boundaries are for his glory and for our well-being. And so when you say God loves me and therefore he loves the choices that I make that are out of line with the boundaries of God's revealed word, then that's deception. God never ceases loving someone who makes choices outside those boundaries. But his love is unconditional, but it doesn't change the fact that I make choices that, is, that are not approved. Don't you? I know that because the Holy Spirit convicts me that I came short of God's standard. <clears throat> God's love always affirms our value. But you know, sometimes you, we need to understand that God corrects us because we're so valuable to him. If you love your child and you saw that they were about to go off a cliff into destruction, would you keep your mouth shut? I want to say this to, to parents and grandparents. Unfortunately, in our world and even in our church world, parents have become afraid of their children. They're afraid to say no. They're afraid to draw boundaries. They're afraid to correct. But the Word of God says, whom the Lord loves, He corrects. It's because He values us so much that we receive correction. It's not out of punitive uh, feelings. It's out of desire for the best. But love speaks truth. This kind of love never fails. Everything else is subject to failure, but the love of God is not. But I want to tell you something today that the Lord has laid on my heart. It's not my favorite thing to do, but my job is not to make us all feel good. My job is to tell us the truth, right? So turn with me now, if you will, first of all, to Hebrews chapter 12. We'll get back to Ephesians 4 before we close. I want you to know that there is a poison that is lethal to anybody and everybody who enters into it. It is lethal. It will kill anything good in your life. There is a poison that will eat away at your joy, your peace, your blessing, even your prosperity, your health. There is an insidious poisonous enemy that you don't see right away. It's on you before you know it, and it begins to kill the things that are precious in your life. It's called bitterness. Bitterness is aged anger. It's anger that has been allowed to stay around that begins to take God's place into your own hands that makes us really begin 
that, that, that bitterness is that hurt and anger that sometimes it just begins with being hurt. Then it goes into contention and then into strife. And bitterness, aged anger, anger that just stays there, um, begins, how, how do I know if I have bitterness? I, I told you in the first of this series about some deep, deep pain that uh, uh, went through many years ago and how um, I felt like I had forgiven these offenders and uh, I just couldn't seem to get over it. And um, I told you that one day the Lord spoke to me on a walk when I told him, uh, Lord, I forgave them. And he said, by his spirit, he said, yes, you have, and that's good, but you haven't done what I've told you to do. I told you to bless your enemies. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. Remember when I told you that? Um, but the spirit said, you probably can't, but I can and I will if you'll let me. Can I say that again? Uh, there are certain things, there are certain hurts that are so deep, you can't get there. But the Lord can get you there if you'll let Him. Because the longer I let being hurt stay in there, or even disappointed, the more that aged anger and hurt begins to give way to bitterness, and I don't even realize it. Another time in our life in ministry when, man, it was painful, Pastor. You and I have been through some pain, haven't we? <laughs> it was painful. And I um, was beginning to think uh, about all the ways that I was right in this. And you don't ever do that, do you? Three of us have. All the ways I was right in this and what uh, would be the best way to handle this. And the Spirit of God spoke to me in my inner man while I was in my living room. Jason, I'll never forget it. The Spirit said, you're going to define the rest of your ministry by what you do with this. You're going to ruin it or it's going to go to another level. I heard that one. I hear clearly when I get words like that. By God's grace, I got on my knees that day and said, God, I will absolutely take the high road here. I will never do anything that will jeopardize what you've called me to do. And I hereby release and bless those who've hurt me. And I ask you to bless them. And I will take the high road. And uh, I will leave blessings in my departure. It's not always easy to leave blessings on your trail, right? You can't do that, but God can do it through you if you'll allow him to. Because, see, then you realize that the main thing is not whether you win or whether or not you look good. The main thing is whether or not God continues to be able to work and do mighty things in you. And what the Spirit of God told me and showed me was, if I don't deal with bitterness, I develop a poison that will ruin everything. It'll ruin everything. It will destroy anything good. 
It'll grieve the heart of God. It'll open the door for the devil. And it'll also spread to other people. Let me read this to you. Hebrews 12, 15. Are you there? Look carefully. Listen. Look carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fall short of the favor and the ability of God. Do you? Don't fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, turmoil, chaos, and by this, by this root of bitterness, many become defiled. You know what the Spirit of God is saying here to us today? If we allow our hurt to turn into bitterness, the desire to see somebody pay, the desire for somebody to, to fail or to fall or to be injured or for it to blow up. In their, if we allow bitterness to spring up, if there is a root of bitterness, it poisons other people along the way. Man. It'll poison your family. It'll poison your business. It'll poison your church. Yes, it will. There's a root of bitterness that can't be allowed. It destroys everything good. You can be hurt. You can draw boundaries. You can demand respect. But you can't take on bitterness without it creating poison. And it opens the door for the devil to kill, steal, and destroy in your life, in your relationships, your finances, your health, and every good thing. Besides that, it'll block your prayers. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear, saith the word of God. Well, let's go back here to Ephesians 4. And um, I've been having to pray through this. Ephesians 4, are you there? Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do you know there is a time and a place to be angry? Even Jesus was angry. But the, the issue is at the right thing. Is, is our anger toward evil? Or is our anger something that we want to see others destroyed? Be angry, but do not sin. Now watch this. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, even if you're angry for the right thing, if you allow that anger to stay, it's going to turn into wrath. You know what wrath is in the Greek? Wrath is a passionate, fierce anger. It's more than just a temporary quick explosion that quickly repents. It is a passionate, fierce anger. So even if I'm angry at the right things, like I can watch TV and get angry at some stuff, if I go to bed with that and don't, and don't turn it into prayer, and I don't turn it in for God to intervene and do something mighty for His own glory, I can carry that anger with me, and in my subconscious, it starts turning into wrath, and I don't even know it. 
So even if I'm angry at the right thing, even if it's righteous anger, the Word says don't put a time limit on it. Don't even let the sun go down. Don't keep stewing on it, even if it was originally righteous. It'll poison you. It'll steal good things out of your mind, out of your heart. It opens the door to the devil. It blocks your ability to pray righteously and to receive from God. Let's go on. Let him, oh, verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, verse 27, nor give place to who? So when I'm angry and I don't deal with it, even if it's for the right reason, if I continue to walk in anger, I give an opportunity for who? Verse 30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How many of you know that we're fixing to get a list of what grieves the Holy Spirit? Verse 31, let all bitterness, let that aged anger that wants to see somebody hurt or fall or fail or injured or even destroyed, let all bitterness, let that fierce passionate anger called wrath, let anger, let clamor. Clamor is a crying out, is an emotional outburst. Evil speaking. Evil speaking. Let evil speaking be put away from you. That is, let the Spirit of God set the boundaries of what you say. Don't become full of anger and profanity and let the Spirit of God put boundaries on your speech. Let evil speaking and bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor be put away from you with all malice. What is malice? Malice is an internal desire to see someone else injured. How are you feeling about your spouse? How are you feeling about your former spouse? How are you feeling about your children? How are you feeling about your business associates? How are you feeling about your competitors? How are you feeling about your family members who hurt you? How are you feeling about these things? Bitterness begins to turn into malice, the desire to see them injured. And God says that grieves the Holy Spirit of God. Many years ago, in some of this pain, I told you it was inflicted on Dean and me. The Spirit of God said to me one day, You would like to see them pay. And then he reminded me that there were some things that I probably wouldn't mind to see happen to them. Jesus prayed, Father, for those who are crucifying him, forgive them, forgive them. They don't 
really get it, what they're doing. Can you pray that over somebody who's hurt you? You don't have to feel it. In fact, I got to tell you, when you start praying about forgiveness, you're not going to feel it right away. You're going to have to do it as an act of your will, as a legal declaration, like you teach. A legal declaration in obedience to the Word of God. But you're going to find that something amazing begin to happen over time. Not immediately, but over time. When you begin to release them into the hands of the Lord, you'll find out that God starts hearing your prayers again. <laughs> you'll also find that you become well acquainted with Romans 12, 19. You know what that says? Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. This doesn't mean that the judge of the universe doesn't see what somebody's doing to his sons and his daughters. But you and I have to recognize that we are not the judge and we have to put those people in the hands of God. And you know what he'll say? I'll handle it. In fact, if it's grievous enough, can I tell you something? God Almighty says, if somebody will not relent and repent, I will repay. Wow. I will repay, saith the Lord. Can I tell you something? And I've learned this by the Word of God, by the Spirit of God in my own experience. If you will release them, If you will release them, you don't have to carry them anymore. You become lighter in your inner man. And you know what else? You give the Lord an opportunity to really start correcting that person who's offending you. Doesn't mean that you have to rejoin fellowship. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that they are released and the Lord can now deal with them without your interference. Can you trust the Lord to deal with those who are hurting you? Can you? But pastor, what if I don't see the Lord disciplining them that have hurt me? It's none of your business nor mine. Right? Would you go before the Lord and say, this is none of my business. I release them like you asked me to. They're in your hands. I know you will repay. Don't let your emotions trick you because your emotions are going to lie to you and say, well, you still feel, you still feel hurt. You're going to keep on feeling hurt, but hurt and bitterness are not the same thing. But I will tell you this, when you release bitterness, you begin to eventually heal the hurt. Just keep short records before the Lord and be quick to say, God, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going to carry this. It's going to get, it, it can get rough. Do you still have memories about how people hurt you? Of course you do. You still have a mind. 
But there's a difference in having a memory and holding on to a grievous offense. Let go of the offense, and guess what? The memory won't hold you hostage anymore. Amen. I'm going to salt to bow our heads now for a moment. I'm going to ask Pastor Jeremiah and I'm going to ask a couple of our elders back there in the back, Donnie and Gene, y'all stand back there somewhere in the back. Mike, come up here, please. I'm going to ask right now, oh Lord, I ask that people today will receive a touch from you, a touch of release. I ask you, Spirit of God, that you'll move today. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, the Spirit of God has spoken to me, just like you, I, I need some freedom. I'm going to make a decision today, not just inwardly, but outwardly. And I'm going to say to one of these elders of the church, would you pray for me? Would you pray with me and ask the Lord to release me from what I've been carrying? Listen, every one of us have carried it. You're not alone. I just confess to you my own failures oh but what what blessing freedom is folks what a blessing freedom is so today if the spirit of God touches you and has spoken to you about releasing bitterness or anything about anything you don't have to say a word but would you just come to one of these who are standing here and say will you pray with me that God will grant me that release today just get up and do it right now do it right now as an act of your will. Let somebody pray with you and for you. Hallelujah. Do it right now.
praying I know the spirit of God has struck a nerve here today Lord we just ask that you will set your children free today set us free Lord from bitterness anger strife wrath malice clamor anything Lord that pollutes your home in our hearts Make us quick, Lord, to, to see and release and forgive in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for the freedom that you give us when we stop acting like the jailkeeper. Release people over to you. Hallelujah. Let the Spirit of God minister mighty freedom today precious and holy name of Jesus and all the people say go with God he's going with you we'll see you next week you can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com